Hey, happy Saturday, my fans. How we doing? Could you handle all that offense yesterday? Was I just dreaming? Was I the dream weaver? I thought it was going to be a battle against Pittsburgh. When Taiwan Walker couldn't find his stuff earlier in the game, I'm saying, oh no. But then again, I'm a Mets fan, so forgive me for thinking this way. Are we going to lose a game to Pittsburgh? Get off to a bad start before the All-Star weekend? Yes, you can call me the Dream Weaver. And I was dreaming. No, I wasn't. I'm making this up. A little embellishment to fit the song here. But I thought that the Mets maybe, maybe we're going to break out against Pittsburgh this weekend. And boy, did we break out. How fun is it? How fun is it to have a 10-run inning in a baseball game? Well, the Mets did it yesterday. And yes, I am no dream weaver. It actually happened. For one glorious inning against an underwhelming opponent, a Mets lineup that sputtered for most of the season had all the answers. It was a party at City. Everybody put on your party hats. And by the time it concluded, a 10, a 10 spot had been crammed into the six-inning scoring column. Like Bo Derrick, it was a perfect 10 as far as I was concerned. Francisco Lindor and Pete Alonso fired the cannon shots. Two homers totaling seven runs that led the Mets 13-4 sinking in the Pirates at City Field on Friday. The game endured a 41-minute rain delay. Hey, I guess a rain delay is better than a rain out these days, huh? With the Mets batting in the eighth inning and leading by 10 runs. Lindor unloaded with the Mets' first grand slam of the season, punctuating a sixth inning that only ended after 13 batters had come to the plate. Alonzo's 3-1 homer was the Mets' other monster smash in the frame. And Lindor must have loved it because he's been getting a lot of booze. And uh, when he gets cheers like that, you could see his personality explode positively. And... It was nice to see if the fans react in a positive way. Because it's been a little bit rough for Francisco. After four straight All-Star appearances, he's enduring a career-worst season, and he'll be excluded from the game this year. Who would have thought that? He was always an All-Star. It's kind of humbled him, I guess. Uh, you could see that at this point, halfway through the season, it's probably bothering him. He's the type of guy I think wants to be an All-Star every year. He loves the attention. Let's not fake it. But an all-star means you have a good half. And it's the greatest game in the summer. You know, rewarding all those who had a great first half. But hopefully in the future, Francisco will be an all-star. Now, get this. The Mets entered the night in 29th in MLB scoring with 3.65 runs per game. And guess who was behind them? Who's last? The Pirates. Uh, but with Brandon Nimmo's return atop the lineup the past week, they have appeared more formidable. And again, I can't tell you how important Brandon Nimmo is. Nimmo reached base twice in the sixth mm -hmm. inning alone. And three times overall as part of the onslaught. Jonathan Villar slowed two homers to become a 10-player. In franchise history, go deep from both sides of the plate in the same game. And it's just good to see the bats... Not just one bat, but multiple bats starting to connect. 
Now, most of the damage occurred against Pittsburgh starter JT Brubaker and reliever Sam Howard, who combined to surrender 11 other runs. <coughs> After Dominic Smith's RBI single in a six, with the Mets ahead 3-2, to two, Alonzo brought in three additional runs by clearing the right fence in right center for his 16th homer of the season. That was hardly the end of it. After the Mets loaded the bases on a single and two walks, Jose Peraza was hit by a pitch and Nimmo walked, extending the lead to 8-2. to two. Lindor, Lindor fouled uh, with a big hit. Excuse me, got something caught in my throat there for a second. And he followed with an opposite field grand slam to left center. Now, the thing about Lindor is you got to love him. He has power. So if we can get power from a shortstop position when you have a good defensive shortstop as Lindor, that's going to help. Now, the Mets won for the fifth time in seven games, and scoring total was one short of their season high in a 14-1 route of the Orioles on June 9th. Over the next two days, the Mets and Pirates will play three games to close the first half. Now, let's be honest. It was great to see Taiwan Walker make the National League All-Star team, but it was his shakiest home start of the season. He allowed two earned runs on four hits with three walks over five innings. It followed an outing at Yankee Stadium in which he took a no-hitter into six before surrendering a homer to Aaron Judge. Now, Walker plunked Michael Perez in the second inning to force in a run, but then pulled a great escape by striking out Jared Oliva and getting the pitcher Brubaker to hit into a double play. John Nagowski's double, surrounded by two walks, loaded the bases with nobody out. Now, Adam Frazier delivered an RBI single against Walker in the fifth that tied at 2-2. Two two. Oliva doubled and stole third before Brubaker walked with one out. The leadoff hitter, Frazier, further displayed why he's such a hot commodity heading to the trade deadline, Winding a single to right field for the run. Frazier began the night with a 326, 396, 461 slash line. Villar homered, leading off the third to get the Mets their first run. James McCann booped the single with one out and scored on Nimmo's double to right center. Nimmo began the night with an 864 OPS since his return from the injured list last weekend. So it's good to have these guys coming back, and better yet, their bats are with them. So, uh... Things are looking good, and it looks like another talked-about player may be joining the Mets very soon, and that's Carlos Carrasco. Uh, things are looking good on the Carrasco front. Let's keep our fingers crossed here. Uh, rumors of his uh, Met existence might be confirmed after the All-Star break. We've only heard about him, but is he a Met? If you've never pitched a game as a Met, are you a Met? Well, we'll soon find out, and we hope he's a great fixture as a Met. He's scheduled to throw a live batting practice session Saturday at City Field, after which he will be evaluated for a minor league rehab assignment that could begin next week, according to Louis Rojas. Uh, now, one plan has the Mets letting Carrasco build up his innings at the major league level, progressively working deeper into games, meaning his stay in the minors could be short, as opposed to a normal three-week period. Uh, basically, it's a wait-and-see approach, so we're going to see how this week goes. Now, Carrasco, who tore his right hamstring in spring training, was close to beginning a minor league rehab assignment in May when he was shut down because of discomfort. And the Mets acquired Carrasco last winter to deal with Cleveland that brought Francisco Lindor to Queens. The Mets are leaning toward a bullpen game for Sunday's series uh, final against the Pirates, but team officials were also weighing the possibility of starting Jared Eichhoff, who returned to the organization last week on a minor league contract. Uh, he had been previously designated for assignment. 
Rojas said he had not discussed with Jacob DeGrom the possibility of the Mets' ace returning on short rest for a potential abbreviated appearance. But if DeGrom foregoes a side session Saturday with the idea of pitching a day later, he would likely receive that opportunity. Now, DeGrom was originally scheduled to pitch Sunday, but that plan was changed after Tuesday's rainout, which pushed his schedule start to Wednesday. Now, DeGrom said he already plans to skip the All-Star game. Uh, several Met players and coaches wore red shirts bearing the team logo in fatigue style during pregame as a show of support to military families. The pro program is called Red, Remember Everyone Deployed. The shirts were distributed to the first 12,500 fans in attendance. And Friday also began a stretch in which the Mets were scheduled to play seven straight games against the Pirates for next weekend in Pittsburgh. Now, according to the Elias Sports Bureau, the Mets have only played the same opponent in seven straight games once previously. And that was the Chicago Cubs from August 31st to uh, September 3rd, 1967. This will be the first time the Mets closed the first half and opened the second with the same opponent. Now, speaking of the Pirates, Mets fans are wondering, hey, will Adam Frazier become a Met? Oh, strong rumors that uh, the Mets may be pursuing Adam Frazier. And regardless, he's a top MLB trade target. Now, in the Mets' 13-4 victory at City Field on Friday, uh, Frazier had two hits, including game-tying RBI single and a double. It was his fourth consecutive multi-hit game. The 29-year-old has been one of the best players in baseball this season with a slash line of 328, 397, 464, and an MLB leading 111 hits. Uh, the Mets are one of the teams interested in Frazier, but he is under team control until 2023, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh if I were the Pirates, I'd hold on to him. But, you know, Pirates really aren't going anywhere, let's be honest. Uh, and he's really developed into an elite contact hitter. He was a 348 hitter at Mississippi State, and he corrected problems from a rough 2020 season. He regained his old form. Uh, last year, he batted 230 in the pandemic-shortened season. Now he's just keeping things simple on, on, on the field and putting the ball in play. Now, the Mets have a number of players who play second base, including William Guillaume, Jeff McNeil, Jose Peraza, and Jonathan Villar. And while adding Frazier would certainly be a luxury for acting general manager Jack Scott, because his all-star talent is undeniable. Uh, and the Mets and Pirates, uh, Mets uh, already have dealt with the Pirates when they acquired Joey Lucchese for Andy Rodriguez in the three-team deal. Uh, the Pirates were involved, and uh, Ben Charrington's worked with Scott in Boston. They both got their first gigs on the Theo Epstein, so there's some connections there. So never say never on that, but we'll see what happens. Uh, but it does seem like Frazier loves the Mets fans. He says, New York is fun. You walk around, shop a little bit, eat a little bit. The fans are great here. You have to be ready to play, soak it in, and enjoy the energy. Now, hopefully Michael Conforto will be able to start enjoying some of the energy because... Uh, we need him to be on the right track coming back, and hopefully he is, and he thinks he is. Uh, his future is a little bit uncertain. He's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, and his recent past has been disappointing. But Conforto keeps insisting that none of this is going to bother him going forward. <clears throat> After taking batting practice Friday, uh, Conforto faced the press it was pretty blunt. He said, that was the frustrating part. I was feeling like I was starting to hit my stride, starting to feel good at the plate, and then the hammy goes. For five weeks is five weeks. 
but ultimately I felt I could come back and help the team win games. I wasn't anticipating struggling the way I have over the 10 to 15 games or so, but this is a tough game. Now in 48 games, Conforto hasn't been the Conforto we know and love. He's only batted 200 with a 355 on base percentage, a 284 OPS. Uh, and that's not going to cut it as an outfielder, not even as an infielder. Maybe not even as a pitcher, as Jacob DeGrom. And he has two homers and 16 RBIs. For a player with a career slugging percentage of 471, a career OPS 828, that is really startling that it's been that bad. Uh, and I'm sure he is thinking about his future. Uh, and he's really trying hard to get back on track. In his first game back, he had two hits and drove in a run. We were saying, all right, Conforto's back. But since then, he's gone three for 38 with 15 strikeouts. Now, Rojas and Quattlebaum noticed some bad habits that he picked up, and adjustments could be made. But it just hasn't been happening for Conforto. Uh, as disappointing as his performance has been, the Mets' success has lessened his frustration. It's been easier for him to hook ahead instead of agonizing over his struggles. But... I'd like to see Conforto do well. I like him. He's a homegrown player and would just love to see him succeed on the major league level with the Mets going forward. <clears throat> now, what should we call 2021, the year of the doubleheader? Now, the Mets prepare to play their 10th doubleheader of the season on Saturday, and it's the highest for an MLB team before the All-Star break since the Blue Jays in 1978. And a lot of Mets want to return to normal and just play one day a game baseball, including Francisco Lindor. He says, it wears out on you for sure. It's something nobody wants to do. We're play to here, here to play 162 every day, not two per day. But today, Francisco, you're going to have to play two. Uh, and hopefully the Mets have been in this rut where they win the first one and lose the second one. So hopefully that changes today. Uh, but the good news is they've managed to avoid getting swept in a doubleheader this season. And twice they swept an opponent, Philadelphia back in April and Colorado back in May. But the rest have been splits. So uh, we'll see what happens today. Maybe it'll be another day we're lucky enough to win a, a double dip. Sure hope so. And you know, this whole trade deadline coming up, it's working both ways. Because it looks like the Cubs are really scouting the Mets' prospects. And uh, who knows? Maybe Chris Bryan will be coming to the Mets. You never know. You never know. Maybe Kyle Hendricks. I'm sure the Mets are going to have to give up a lot for these guys. Uh, Javi Baez and Anthony Rizzo are also on expiring contracts. And the Cubs are real. And they're on an 11-game losing streak. So we'll see what happens. It's all speculation at this point. But I don't want to mortgage the future for a half-season player. That's for sure. And last but not least, before we go to break, let's congratulate Taiwan Walker for being selected to the All-Star team for the first game. Yes, Taiwan is one of the unheralded linchpins of the first-place Mets, and he's going into the All-Star game for the first time as a replacement. And that is so good to see. Uh, hey, he gets a $50,000 bon $50, bonus for making the All-Star game. Uh, his goal has always been to make, be an All-Star. And... Uh, he deserves it. He's there's no doubt Jake's the best pitcher on the team, best pitcher in the league. But right after that, you got to consider Walker in that mix there. Uh, and Pete Alonso will be in the home run derby, so there'll be another Met in the ballpark uh, during the All Star break. But getting back to Walker here, 2.50 ERA and 89 strikeouts in nine inning pitch while allowing 63 hits. 
He's been a godsend for the Mets. The only team to offer him a contract this offseason. He's been steady and effective. He's allowed two runs or fewer in 12 of his 16 starts. He leads them with four starts or at least seven of at least seven innings and no more than one unearned run allowed, one more than the Grom. Uh, he says, I feel pretty good, felt pretty good for pitching last year, too, when he had 2.70 ERA with the Mariners and Blue Jays. So in hindsight, inking Walker to a two-year $20 million deal has looked like a brilliant move, particularly with established starters Syndergaard and Carrasco missing the entire season up to this point due to injury. There was a significant segment of the fan base that was disappointed when reigning NL Cy Young Award winner Trevor Bauer spurned the Mets for the Dodgers, and they wound up with Walker as much cheaper option instead. Now with Bauer's administrative leave extended an additional seven days Thursday, MLB continues its investigation into sexual assault allegations against him. So, you know, you don't want to say this because of what's happened with Bauer, but the Mets have to be thrilled with the pitcher they ended up with. And we'll be right back after the break with all our usual fun stuff that we do in the second segment. So stay tuned. Okay, we're back. Who's ready for some Mets trivia and some Mets final baseball jeopardy? All right, today's question for trivia. We're going to start with trivia first. comes from our great friend Harvey, Par- Harvey Porras. Uh, the question is, the Mets have only had eight Canadian-born players in their 59 years, three of whom played in the Mets' first two years. Who was the most recent Canadian Met? So once again, the question, compliments of Harvey Porras, is the Mets have only had eight Canadian-born players in their 59 years, three of whom played in the Mets' first two years. Who was the most recent Canadian Met? Now let's focus in on today's Jeopardy question, shall we? Today's two clues for Jeopardy are the only person to take part in both of the Mets' World Series championships and appear in the first three World Series for the team. Second clue received most valuable player award consideration despite batting only 243 for the season. So, once again, your two clues for today's Mets final baseball jeopardy is the only person to take part in both of the Mets World Series championships appear in the first three World Series for the team and received most valuable player award consideration despite batting only 243 for the season. Lock in your answers. And we'll be back at the end of the podcast to reveal if you are correct or not on both. Okay, it's time to celebrate a couple of Met birthdays today. First Met birthday we're going to celebrate is Larry Burright. Who remembers Larry? You do, you're a great, 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 great baseball fan. He was with the Mets in 1963 and 64. He was basically a shortstop, played a little bit of second base too. Uh, played 41 games for the 63 Mets and batted 220 with 100 at-bats. Uh, just got played a couple of games in 64, three games with seven at-bats, did not get a hit. Uh, and then he was traded with Tim Harkness to Los Angeles Dodgers. Traded with Tim Harkness to buy the Los Angeles Dodgers to the Mets in exchange for Bob Miller. Uh, and then his career ended with the Mets. Happy birthday to Larry. Still alive and kicking. Good to see you at age 84. Happy, happy birthday. War number six with the Mets. Also celebrating a birthday today. Bob Baylor, number four with the Mets. Bob was a good around all, all around utility player. Uh, got significant playing time with the Mets in 82 and 83. Uh, 82 had 376 at-bats in 110 games. 83, 340 at-bats in 118 games. Uh, 
for three years, including 1981, when he was with the team. He batted 266. And uh, played part of an alley shortstop. He played the outfield too, second base a lot. Good, good player to have. Your prototypical utility player. Happy birthday, Bob Baylor. And Bob turns 70 today. Now, what else is happening next? Okay, we're going to tell you, give you a few transactions that happened on this date. The Mets traded Brian Bohannon to Los Angeles Dodgers on this date for Greg McMichael in 1998. The Mets also traded Ryan Church to Atlanta Braves for Frenchy. Remember Frenchy? Back on this date in 2009. Now, as we always do, we put on our time caps and we go backwards into Met history. This year we're going to 1999. What a thrilling game this was. It was Matt Franco's Subway Series walk-off single. Now let's set the stage for this one, shall we? Uh, Shea Stadium, the 1999 Shea Stadium version of Subway Series began with both New York teams having almost identical records. The Yankees came to Shea 51-34 to face the second-place Mets 50-38. and as usual, a sellout crowd of 53,972 came to Shea to watch Rick Reed go against Andy Pettit. Both starters would have a rough time of it and were both gone by the sixth inning. Now here's the lineup for the Yankees. Chuck Knobloch, second base, leading off. Bernie Williams, center field, batting second. Paul O'Neill, right field, batting third. Derek Jeter, shortstop, batting fourth. Tino Martinez, batting fifth, first base. Scott Brocious, third base, batting sixth. Ricky Lede, left field, batting seventh. Jorge Posada batting 8th, catching. Andy Pettit, pitching, batting ninth. And for the Mets, Ricky Henderson leading off, left field. Edgar Afonso, 2nd base, batting 2nd. John Olrood, 1st base, batting 3rd. Mike Piazza, catching, batting 4th. Benny Agbayani, right field, batting 5th. Robin Ventura, 3rd base, batting 6th. Roger Cedeno, center field, batting 7th. Ray Ordonez, shortstop, batting 8th. And Rick Reed, pitching, batting ninth. Now, the Yankees got a first run in the first inning, two-run homer from Paul O'Neill, and quickly made it 2-0. But the Mets answered back quickly as Ricky Henderson went off with a single, stole second, and came in on Mike Piazza's double. Now, in the second, Roger Cedeno walked, then stole second and third base. He scored on Ray Ordonius's sacrifice fly, tying it up at two. In the home fourth, Benny Agbayana singled and was brought in on a Robin Ventura double. Cedeno bunted Ventura over, and Ray Ordonez drove him in on another sack fly. The Yale New York club tied it with a two-run homer by Jorge Posada. They got two more runs off Mets relievers, Greg McMichael and uh, Rigo Beltran, making it 6-4. In the Mets' seventh inning, Ricky Henderson doubled, and with two out, John Olerud walked. Mike Piazza stepped in and hit a three-run homer off Ramiro Mendez, putting Mendoza hit, putting the Mets up 7-6. Yes, this was an exciting game. <clears throat> Unfortunately, Bobby Valentine's bullpen failed him as Dennis Cook gave up a two-run homer to Posada, putting the Mets behind 8-7. Now, in the bottom of the ninth, Mariano Rivera, Mariano Rivera came on to close it out, but that wouldn't happen today. Ricky Henderson got on base for the fifth time as he drew his second walk. He already had three hits on the day. Edgardo Alfonso doubled, but Henderson was held up at third base, unable to score. John Olrood scored, grounded out to first, unassisted, and the Mets were down to their last out. 
Mike Biazza was the batter, but there was no way they were going to pitch to him as he was walked intentionally. So Matt Franco was brought in to pinch hit from Melvin Moore. Franco singled to right field, scoring both Henderson and Alfonso with the walk-off game-winning run. The Met fans were ecstatic with the exciting Subway Series win. The Mets took both games of the two Subway Series games played at Shea Stadium this year, that year. So what a day it was. Always fun beating the Yankees at Shea, and the Yankees were coming off that fantastic 98 season, and they were in the middle of their dynasty. So it was a big win for the Mets. Big, big win. Now, what else happened on this day? 1969, the Cubs scored five runs in the fifth inning to beat the Mets 6-2 behind Bill Hands. The win halted the Mets' seven-game winning streak and leaves the New Yorkers in second place by four games. Uh, on this day in 1998, the Mets traded, I said, Brian Bohannon and the Dodgers in exchange for Greg McMichael. In the team's game today, Benny Agbayani makes his major league debut, pinch running in the ninth inning of an 8-8 game. He slips trying to steal and gets run down. Another Met runner is doubled off second base in the 10th, and the Expos win the game, unfortunately, 9-8. And as I mentioned before, the Mets dealt Ryan Church to Atlanta on this day for Jeff Francoeur. Uh, that was basically a trade of starting right fielders. You don't see that too often, but both right fielders had struggles at the plate, and I guess both teams felt the change of scenery was due. Okay, now we're going to talk about what's going on in the greatest Mets baseball group there is. New York Mets Baseball, Way of Life. If you're not a member or on Facebook, please join. We'd love to have you. And if you're not a subscriber to this podcast, please do subscribe. Subscribe to your favorite carrier. You'll be updated every day when one is loaded up. We try to do one every day, and most of the time we do. If you ever want to reach out and touch me, I'm at philstan41 at gmail.com. So... We're always talking about a lot of cool stuff. Let's try and uh, headline some of the stuff that's being discussed. I said, as a Met fan, would you like to see the National League adopt a designated hitter in 2022? Got some good answers on this one, didn't we? Israel Rosales says, no. Mark Regal, no. Steve Scanlon, never. Glenn Sherrod, still on undecided. He's on the fence. I'm 50-50 on it. Harvey Porter says yes. Eileen Werner says nope. Dave Dickey says if any NL team could benefit from it, it would be the Mets unless they trade J.D. Davis, in which case this answer becomes less certain. Dan Wiener says after last year, after last year, yes, Dom Smith might even be the MVP. Cyril DeGrassi says hell no. David J. Rubin says I have hated Desnade here since his exception in 1973. However, the sad reality is that it's not going away from the American League, so at this point, just for the protection of the pitching staff and after seeing what our office our office did last year with one in place makes it sense to add to it. I hate that I'm even saying that, but unfortunately it's a new reality under Rob Manford. And Dave Dickey said this right here, pointing to uh, David Rubin. I guess he agrees 100% with David. Good comments from you all. Well, well, well appreciated. And then another question was asked. After attending the same game, a split doubleheader yesterday at City Field, I was wondering how you guys felt about split doubleheaders. And uh, we covered this one yesterday, so let's skip over that one. But check out the group and you'll know it. You'll know what I'm talking about. 
Uh, again, this is some of the fun stuff we always do talk about in the group. So please do join if you want to. It's fun stuff. And again, thank you for all your support on this podcast. It really means a lot to me. Okay, now it's time for the results of our Met Trivia and Be- Trivia and Jeopardy questions of the day. Today's Met Trivia question comes from Harvey Porras. He said the Mets have only had eight Canadian players, eight Canadian-born players in their 59 years. Three years of, three of whom played in the Mets' first two years. Who was the most recent Canadian Met? Well, that's tomorrow's question. <laughs> no, we kidding. Oh, we kidding. Uh, that actually is tomorrow's trivia question. So you got a sneak peek. You can do homework on that if you want. But today's med trivia question was: What position Dow Strawberry played 48 times with the Mets, but never with another team? The correct answer is center field. Congrats to Jason Lynch on being the first to submit the correct answer. I screwed up on trivia today, didn't I? Give me wet lashes with a noodle, please. Anyway, uh, today's Jeopardy question was, the only person to take part in both of the Mets World Series championships appear in the first three World Series for the team and receive most valuable player award consideration despite batting only 243 for the season. The correct response is, who is Bud Harrelson? Congrats to Jason Lynch for being the first to get that one. Good job, guys. And thanks for participating. Okay, that's going to wrap it up for another podcast today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed doing it as always, and I love communicating with you guys. Don't forget, a big twin bill today out at City Field starting at 410. Should be fun. Should be a fun one. And uh, hopefully you'll be able to catch both games. It's a one-page admission doubleheader. And we'll be here to talk about it tomorrow as always. It's being televised on SNY, I believe, and on the radio dial, as they like to say. It'll be on WCBS 880 AM. So until tomorrow, let's go Mets. First game is going to have Marcus Stroman going against Tyler Anderson. That'll be a good one. Let's see, who's pitching the uh, second game? I think I would know this by now, right? See, let's see what we got here. Let's see. I need to stall because it's loading up slowly. What can I stall? Oh, I could sing Meet the Mets to you while this instrumental version is playing. Ready? Come on and meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. Bring your kitties. Bring your wife. Guaranteed to have the time of your life because the Mets are really sucking the ball, hitting those home runs over the wall. East side, west side, everybody's coming down to meet the METS Mets of New York Town, of New York Town. Okay, I promise not to sing again. Anyway, for the second game, we'll have Tyler McGill going against Max Krennic. Tyler, I like Tyler. He's got stuff. Let's be patient with him and let him work his way up the chain. And Max Max Krennic looks like an emergency starter. This is only his second game of the year that he'll be pitching in. He's 1-0 with a 0.0 ZRA. We'll talk again tomorrow. 
Enjoy the day. Enjoy the beautiful summer day in the New York area or wherever you are. And let's go Mets.